This is Mike's artwork right here. That is. Yeah. On this yeah. beautiful t-shirt. Yeah. Took a long time. Is this going to be the name of the album as well? That's the single. Well, the not, single. Not the one we dropped because that was more like a... But I got that like, one. It's, it's sick. Like, it's like the, the pre... The pre-single. Pre-single? The pre-single. Yeah. yeah. The B-side to the you single. You always want a yeah. pre-single before you single. Yeah, you want to, you know... Let's talk about this You want to go out with a loaded gun, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this big single that you guys dropped the other day. Best thing I've ever heard from you guys by far, and it just keeps getting oh, better wow. and better and better. Like some some hooky parts, some some cool sitar parts, and and some singing and some screaming and some great drum playing and bass playing. Pharmacon, tell me about this one. Um, I don't know. I, I came back from tour, and then you guys had that song, and I was like, that's different. Like the yeah. whole like diddle diddle diddle, the drumming you did. Yeah, Mike had reference. Weird time change. Soulfly. He yeah, said, give me some kind of, of yeah, yeah. you know, Soulfly, Sepultory kind of the hi-hat pattern yeah. in here. And I looked at him like he was insane. Um, <laughs> but uh, it worked. But yeah, and then Henry got back and we had this kind of weird jam and he was like, all right. I was like, oh yeah. I was like, this, this is different. You know, that's the thing I think we always try to do is something different. We always want to push the envelope a little bit more, not just be, we want to be cookie cutter. You don't want everything to sound the same. And like, I think we've always made a good job of like doing new stuff, but still keeping the song sound, but right. different stuff. And that was like, wow, that was the first time I think I heard a song where it was like, this is really like out of left field, like. I mean, Mike always comes up with cool riffs, but this was just like, I think the whole drum pattern, everything kind of, it threw me off. And I was like, what the hell? But I, I wrote the verses to it pretty quick. The patterns for the verses, I struggled with the chorus for a long time. The chorus was like drawn out and it was, I sang it like this and sang it like that. Tried it like this, yelled it like that. So you wrote the lyrics specifically to the music you were hearing? Yeah, yeah. The theme of this album has been kind of around death. You know, the album's going to be called Mas Fuerte Que La Muerte, which is stronger than death. It's kind of like, or, you know, we're all, we're all dying. <laughs> we're all going to die. It's, you know, death's the moment you're born. Moment, I mean. yeah. yeah. Trials and tribulations. You know, our, our last album we did in 2011, asked the album, was great tribulation. Um, not really a play on words with it, but just more the fact that we're living this in this world where every day it's crazier and crazier. Yeah. We're killing leaders. ourselves. <laughs> yeah, and we're killing ourselves. I mean, we're killing ourselves. Our government's killing us. People are killing each other. Gun violence. I mean, we have a song about, about school gun violence. This Pharmacon is about, you know, basically big pharma, the pharmaceuticals. I mean, I take pills. I, I'm diabetic, so I take pills for high blood pressure and blood, high sugar and stuff. And you come to realize that it's not really a remedy. It's more of like a something just kind of keep you on, mm -hmm. keep you coming back for more. Mm -hmm. There's not really a cure for it. It's like, I mean, there's, there's tell you there's ways to cure things, but the pills, you know, and they're prescribed. And there's like here you go, just writing out prescriptions, and the song kind of like was inspired by that because I personally deal with that, and I've seen it. And you, how many musicians have we seen die from opioid overdoses? You know, fentanyl in, in the streets and the heroin these days, like it's just like insane. It's an epidemic, yeah. And it is handed out. You know, I will say we were just in the hospital having the baby, and the first thing that the nurse does after the baby comes in, you know, I mean, it had been a couple hours maybe. Walks in, goes and hand my wife some pills, and oh, what are these? Oh, they're you know oxy or they're you know it, for I forget pain. whatever for the pain. She's like, I didn't. Ask for these like can I get an ibuprofen you know really it's like you guys just go to this utmost level and just hand this stuff out and it's like really it's like come on work your way up yeah. but yeah it is handed out really I mean very, like candy yeah it is and they mixing it with alcohol or whatever else they're mixing with other pills and other harder drugs and people are dying and, and so this song was inspired by that and then one day I don't, I don't remember where it was but I just decided to sing the cook the Medicaid part and I was like okay cool and then when I was in the studio to record the song I just did it that way I don't, I, think, I, don't think, I don't think I'd even had done that. I practiced that way. I just did it that way, and it came out really good. And Jerry uh, Whiting, Whiting, Jerry Whiting, Whiting, Whiting. Whiting. Jerry Whiting, um, the guy who pretty much helped us put it together and produce it at the studio, he was like, "Oh man, that's great!" And I was like, "Cool." 
All right. <laughs> I love it. Some different it, it, shades. It reminds me of like Paige Hamilton helmet, you know, like early, like yeah. when I first heard it, I'm like, dude, that's super helmet-ish, which is yeah. cool, you know, but. To me, yeah, it has like a helmet, almost kind of a little bit of Maynard, a little bit like, you know, has that, just that clean singing tone. Yeah. And he was like, I don't think I got auto-tune that. You know, I think it sounds pretty good. And I was like, yeah, please don't auto-tune it. Dude, that, <laughs> that's what I was, I was saying Friday night when we were hanging out at the show, like the singing is off the charts, is the growls, like it's very signature you, but now the singing is signature you too. Like oh. you You've had the growls and now it's come full circle and now you can kind of use it as a weapon and use it as when you need it in your bag of tricks yeah. yes you have that yes. to pull out whenever you need you it. have yeah. a whole arsenal and i can't wait to hear the rest down like 43 all in all in espanol but all clean singing too pretty much yeah for the most part and let's talk about that tune and what what inspired that i had to get that translated for me <laughs> <laughs> 43 was originally the call but we said 43 sounds a little more easier to off the tongue it's about a situation that happened down in mexico ayotzinapa there was 43 students who were kidnapped basically they were protesting they basically hi- a lot of the students they'd hijack buses it was almost like you call it hijacking but it's like they know it's going to happen they know the students are going to take over these buses so they can take it to the capital or to wherever they're, they're protesting at they take the buses and then they let the driver go it's not like holding by guns it's just like we're taking over this bus take us to the capital we need to protest right and it's like a normal thing you know in mexico there's a lot of crazy stuff like i talked to someone about this song in mexico like oh we're doing a song about this and they're like oh yeah it's every day here they're just like it's like nonchalant like oh yeah people get kidnapped all the time people get you know if the government is behind it and this who knows the government works closely with the cartels people only move so far in the government because of the cartels because of their relations you know i think it's like that everywhere we go in the world even here you know with like i said big pharma and the government right right it works hand in hand whoever's going to profit whoever's going to get you know the advancement from it so 43 was a thing that i had heard about and i think we had all heard about it and mike had played us some clips and started digging into it more researching it more and going like wow like like they're really just covering it up they're acting like it never happened parents here are going like where are my kids right they went to go protest and now they've never been seen again and then footage actually came out people were on their cell phones taking footage and you see the cops pulling the buses over, pulling them all out of the bus, you know, kind of beating them up, and then the cops would take them away to go process them. They never made it to processing. Then they find out they think that the, the cartel had something to do with it. It's, it's very, there's a lot of crazy things. Netflix actually has a documentary on it oh, called really? 43 too. Yeah, it just, uh. it just came out, 43 as well. A documentary on Netflix, and it's pretty interesting. Like, it shows you some of the actual footage of what's happened, and they found a mass grave with a lot of bodies, not 43 bodies, but a lot of the bodies, and they've identified some of them. They have to use a, a like a investigator from Switzerland that came in to do the investigation. Wow. They, they outsourced all the, all the because, you know, in Mexico, it's just going to be covered up again. Outsource, like, documentation, the work. The work. And um, they're like, yeah, this is, this is so-and-so. This is so-and-so. And people are finding out this is their kids, but there's still so many kids undocumented for it. They're finding out these kids just, just protesting. That's it. Right. Protesting against right. the government. And it happened to be on the same night that the governor's wife was having some big ball thing. So she was pissed off that they took the spotlight away from her ball. Right. You know, where it's like, really? Like, this is corrupt. Really corrupt. So that song is about that. Kind of just talking about how uh, the injustice and the sad world we're living in, man. That you can go to these countries. Like I said, I can go to Mexico and talk to someone. They're like, yeah, it happens. Wow. You know, I, know, I know a girl there in Mexico told me that yeah, her uncle was kidnapped, her cousin was kidnapped because they were, you know, somewhat affiliated with the government, but they weren't tied in anymore. They tried to step away and, you know, it was really corrupt. And there's another song on this album that's basically the pre prequel to this song, 43. It's called Silent as a Tomb that talks a little more about overall because this happens around the world, not just Mexico, mm-hmm. where they try to silence the protests, trying to silence people who are going against the government. And they do. And they find their ways of doing it. And mm-hmm. a lot of these countries have these trained assassins who work for the government, but they'll go and they'll act like they're somebody else. But they find out later on that the government hired them to go in there and be the, the, the guy who's taken away. Right. And at the end of 43, I say in Spanish that it was the government who killed these people, you know, like straight out. This is who it was. Yeah. So we'll see how that's taken and what happens with that. But. <laughs> you should definitely send that uh, tune to the director of, of the Netflix doc. Yeah. You I, know? I, well, it's funny because I was watching that documentary and they, they had a lot of like real uh, ambient sounds, a lot of like guitar, like real dark guitar playing. I was like, dude, have we knew this thing was coming out a year ago? It's been perfect to have this song and send it out. Like, Maybe like, we've had this song. Yeah, we've had the song for, for, for a 
couple of the, that song and Law and Disorder, another song that we've had for about two years now, right? Yeah, yeah. But we went through, you know, another I think year. like I think like forty three was probably kind of like the first first of the song. Next I think we want we started writing towards record, this album, yeah. and I kind I can kind of feel like once I once those first riffs came in the opening, I was like, okay, this is like kind of like a serious song. It's not really like a party joke song, right? You know, this is like, hey. We need to step up our game with this, you know, and then continue from there. So it was a statement more ways it was than one. A statement, yeah. yeah. And then, so do we? We have any idea of when we're gonna get the whole album? Pretty soon, around mm-hmm. Tool. <laughs> tool time. Tool time. Josh, is it gonna happen this year? Is it, we're gonna get a Tool album? I'm hoping. I've, you know, at this point, I've just given up guessing when it's gonna be. You know, and just it'll happen when it happens. I'm sure we'll see it soon. I think it's going to happen. See, but I'm cool. Like, I like Perfect Circle. I like Pussifer. I like all kinds of other stuff, too. So it's like, it bides its time. And Tool will put it out when it's ready. And that's kind of been what we've been talking about with this, too. It's like, it'll be done when it's good. It's not good when it's done. And if it means we release this album in June after we get back from this tour, and it's better, then that's what we're going to do. Because originally, the plan was to drop the record before the tour. Right. You know, when we found out about the tour, we were already in the process of recording and pre-production. And we were like, okay, let's try to get this done, and then we'll drop the record and you know your vision's a grandeur but the, yeah. the time scale never works time out you enemy. know and then all of a sudden <laughs> it's like okay we're not going to be able to put this record out by the time we leave yeah. at least not good like right. let's take the time so hopefully june we're kind of shooting june. shooting for june Hope we can get back from tour and then kind of go okay we're we're settled now we have the tour let's get this album out and then once you put it out you go, okay we can do like an album release party here right. locally something where proper where we're from like kind of get everybody together come out and, and check it out and get the new album yeah let's we, we have the single you know the Pharmacon that just came out we have another Death March video that we already shot that's an actual video like an actual performance video. and storyline that's you know yeah. that, that was ideally done. that was going to be the first one dropped but it just kind of that takes a little longer to edit and right. do that video where the lyric video the guy did it in like a day or two right you know, and then edited it back for a couple times but it was like ready and we were kind of contemplating do we drop this yet do we put that out yet but it's like you know, time's time is just running out. We have a tour coming up in less than two weeks. Yeah, let's have, talk. Let's talk about this tour for a second. I mean, this is a really cool tour you're going out on. Talk about when, where, how many days, um, the package. We'll be in Europe from May first. Well, we're leaving May first, but we play May third. The first one, third, or fourth, third or fourth. Yeah, yeah, May fourth in um in the Netherlands, and then we go all the way through you know France and Belgium, Italy, a lot of German shows, a lot of Germany shows, a couple of Czech shows, um, UK. So we're gonna be all over Europe. We have like three days off or something. Ridiculous. There's like one, no, 16 no. shows straight. Yeah. 16 straight. One day off. One day off. And then there's like, I think there's two days. I think it's 16 straight. Oh, no, they filled that, that day. Yeah, filled yeah, yeah, they filled it. Okay, so one day off. And oh, double man. duty for you, sir. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> fine, fine. 22, yeah. 22, 23 shows 22, in total. Two, 23 shows. So yeah. you guys are going on first of four. What's the whole lineup? Uh, it's us, a band from Canada called Aggression. They're old school thrash band from Canada. Um, Venomous Concept, which is, they're more of a grindcore, almost punk rock band. Okay. Featuring uh, Kevin Sharp, Brutal Truth. Um, lock up um, Shane Amber Napalm Death um, Dan Lilker of uh, Nuclear Assault usually plays bass yeah. but he's gonna so Shane's gonna be bass on this one because Dan's doing Nuclear Assault stuff and let's see then Brutalia headlining nice. so it's gonna be a good opportunity I've been with that band for about five years and I've been really using that utilizing that band to kind of market my band and push my band I've been on Europe few, quite a few times and I've been giving out CDs samplers and demos whatever and oh yeah when song are you coming when song are you coming and now we're finally coming and I'm starting to get them like okay yeah you're coming finally yeah so Ooh. now it's time to just build build more and you guys were out there last year for Bloodstock. Yeah. Let's talk about play. that festival. Who, when, where was that? How many people? Who all played? Who'd you see? Who'd you hang out with? Who'd you share the stage with? Where was, where 
was it at? It's like, in Derbyshire. I Derbyshire. Derbyshire. Well, we're not going to say it right now. Right. No matter yeah, how yeah, you put yeah. it. I'm not going to correct you, but I don't know. I would, say, I would say it was about 100 miles north of London. Derbyshire. So. Yeah. Derbyshire. Derbyshire. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's oh, okay. sure. Okay. And then it was, he- it was headlined by um, Gojira, uh, Judas Priest, yeah, Judas um, Priest at, at the Gates. Nightwish. At the Gates Nightwish. Devil Driver. Devil Driver performed. Watane. Yep. Watane headlined the stage we played. Sophie stage. How many stages were there? There were like kind of like two. Well, one main stage and then one Sophie stage. Slightly main stage. Yeah, that was the stage. And there's like a smaller stage for like a lot of like the local. Was it like indoor area. or covered or something? Oh yeah. no! Uh, well, well, the, the main stage, stage was, yeah. Yeah. was. Yeah. Big, a big tent. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Okay, because I remember watching that footage. So who pl- who played right before you and after you guys that day? How long did set you get? Alien Weaponry. Alien Weaponry was really good. Band. I love those guys. Oh man, but those dudes rip, man. They brought it, man. For three guys and those guys all sing and they all contribute and two brothers and three young kids. And then I think Josta and friends played. Band? Oh, Act of Defiance. Yeah, they were on after us, actually. Yeah, it was, it was good, though, man. It was fun. It was it was our first time there. For that to be our first time in the UK was like, hell yeah, we had a nice crowd in front of us. We had our legit stage backdrop we had just gotten, so it was looking nice up there. And, and um, you're going to take that out on this tour? Yeah, yeah, we'll have that with us every every show. Um, that was nice and Yeah, to see Out the Gates live again like that, you know, and Devil Driver put on a great show, too. Um, who else did we see, though? Judas Priest, man. Suicidal. Priest. Go Priest ripped it. Go It was just oh, the, 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 the whole setting, the environment was just massive, just being there, like the people, the stage. The main stage was so huge. Huge. Yeah. Was it go- just like a big soccer field or something? Or, or just a big <laughs> yeah, open field? Yeah, it's just huge, a big field. Big yeah, field yeah. Yeah. You Gojira, the use Pyro. Festivals they used to mm-hmm. do? That's, what That's the same is. location. Same, same location. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. big, I mean, what, what was there? 50,000? Something 60, like 30, I think it's like 35 to 50,000. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. It's, it's, a big, it's a big enough festival that's big, but it's not overwhelming. Like Wacken in Germany, which is the renowned where everybody loves it. Right. That place is ridiculous. Like I've been there and it's like, it's cool, you know, to be there. Like, oh yeah, we played Wacken or you're at Wacken. I don't know if I'd want to go there. Like it's, it's just so big. Right. There's so many people, like all the queues for the lines and everything are just, I don't want to wait for a hot dog for that. I want to wait for a soda or a beer or that line. It's not like going to Glen Helen no, or something. No, not at all. It's horrible, oh. man. It's horrible. I couldn't do it. And like, it's just, there's mud everywhere. And they do it every year on the same weekend. So it always rains. Uh. People are in tents in the mud and they're just like, yeah, whatever. We're cool. And I'm just like, hell no. Yeah. You know, like, like Bloodstock is awesome because it's just, it's just it's the right so size. Organized. It's so crazy. organized and like laid no out. traffic, nice. nothing. Well, it's great that you guys are going over there and building an audience over there. I mean, there's plenty of bands that it have your whole career over there, and who cares what you do yeah, in the yeah, States yeah. even? Really, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's great to lay that foundation, but you still have, not to say you don't have a lot going on here at home. Any local shows coming up for you guys? Anything outside of this tour? I mean, obviously, this tour is a big a big spot, but anything locally? Not yet. In the works? Not, not yet. Not yet. Okay. There's always shows popping yeah, up, Yeah, we're, we're, we're looking to do something either right when we get back or maybe down the line. Maybe we'll do some type of little run across the states or especially if you're putting out the album yeah yeah so we'll see see how it goes just kind of trying to trying to play our cards right and pick and choose the right things not just jump into any situation but go okay this is going to be good for our career this is going to be good for putting out the album and promoting the album and trying just to make the right decisions you know we're we're not getting any any younger so we have to like kind of really analyze everything before we just make decisions (laughs) right but uh yeah i mean it's it'll be cool i think it's gonna be great once this album comes out we're i think we're all pretty proud of it a lot of yeah, time over the last sure. couple of years and you know bringing Sergio in over the last almost a year now right has it been a year a little, a little over a year over like year. you know like he's yeah step up say hi Sergio what's, up? Been to quiet. what's going on so let's get to know you a little bit since you are the, the new guy on yeah, record so you came I joined uh, it's like a week before the Soulfly show last year was it really yeah oh at the hub at the yeah. The nail bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nail bomb thing. They played the Maltov show. And the, the Maltov show the weekend after that. But yeah, I've known these guys, man. I've known Henry for like 20 years. Played now. backyard parties in Pomona. Backyard parties like back 99, in 99, 2000. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I think it was just like a natural <laughs> thing to just ask me to like jump on. It's funny. I mean, well, yeah, when Danny let us know that he was leaving, you know, it was kind of a shock to all of us because Danny had been in the band forever longer than, you know, me and most others. But yeah, anyway, you know, so at that point, we didn't know what we were going to do. We That was right before Bloodstock, really. Yeah, you we know, had we that had, booked. And, we had yeah. that booked. We had a bunch of stuff coming up, and we all kind of sat down, and Mike's like, Sergio. You know, he just already kind of knew that, like, of any of our friends or anybody that we knew over the years, like, who would be... Like, all right, well, talk to him and see if he would be down, and it ended up working. Well, it worked, and then you guys were in system of a down tribute. You have a system yeah. of a down tribute, yeah. so yeah. of course you guys are jamming together. So it makes sense. Like, right. oh, yeah, perfect yeah, chemistry. Yeah. Just besides that, I mean, I've been grinding it out with these guys, other bands, playing a lot of local right bands out here for like right. the past, like who knows how long, man. So. Right. But we've always noticed his, his bass playing. It's yeah. always been phenomenal. Always. His always. fingers are amazing. His fingers. I was joking with you guys at Pharmacon a little bit. It has that, like, sitar. That's one with the sitar in the beginning, right? Sure. And I was, like, worn off playing in the System of a Down tribute band that's starting to <laughs> yeah, incorporate right. some off, sound. But, yeah. uh-huh. but it made me kind of think, like, it would be fun to hear from you guys. But name your favorite System of a Down song, especially the two of you who are in a tribute Ooh. band. Like, what are your favorite I, I to play? I don't know if I, I have don't a know. favorite song. My I favorite mean. one I like to play is Forest. I don't get tired of playing that one. They're still fun, but, yeah. Forest, I never really get tired of. Even if I hear it, you'll crank it up still. Yeah. How about for you, Mike? Uh, I'm probably gonna go ahead and just go with BYOB. Just it's a fast song, but definitely more of the first record, like Spiders songs we don't play often. Are probably those are good, good too. So. Spiders, great. great yeah. song. Henry, you got a favorite system? Spiders is probably definitely one of them. That was one of the first one that got me hooked, and maybe Devil. That's mm-hmm. good. I like Devil too. I like that song. Josh, first record probably <laughs> the Spiders. I don't know. Probably, I don't really have a favorite system song. Spiders. Spiders, Spiders work. That seems yeah. to be the consensus. So I'll <laughs> that, whatever these guys say. One other thing to have some fun in another band, talk about one other band, especially since they're calling it a career and a band that certainly influenced all of you guys, I'm sure, Slayer. Slayer. Yeah, Slayer. <laughs> Do you remember where you were the first time you heard Slayer? Who introduced you? What song or album or cassette it was or video? Man. I know exactly mine. Um, go for it, Henry. Give go, them some yeah, time to start, think. Go. In my bedroom, I was probably in eighth grade, maybe seventh grade, just flipping the knob on the radio on my stereo, my big boom box. Yeah, and I hear this music, and I'm like, and I was just getting into metal at the time, but hadn't heard nothing that extreme, and I was like, whoa. This is some more like Deadskin Mask and a couple of songs. It was a live decade of aggression. Mm. And it was on uh, Butthead Radio. Butthead Radio. Which was, you know, our friend, Mr. Daryl James. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what is this? And that's the first time I ever heard him or Slayer. And I remember going like, what is this? And he's had that on repeat, Decade of Aggression. And I was like, what is this? And it finally came on. I call in and that's when I first became friends with him. Nice. Just do that. And I was in eighth grade, seventh grade. What year was that? 93 maybe 92 Dang. wow yeah, yeah. That's, that's old 1900s <laughs> 89 yeah probably 92 and that was your introduction to Slayer, Slayer. on hearing the, the radio hearing the, on the radio on some pirate station down like at, at the very bottom of the dial like <laughs> 87.9 or something I don't remember what it was I but think you said he got in trouble for that yeah with the yeah. FCC and stuff yeah, well he changed it around a couple times I think it was it was uh, like he moved the, he had to keep changing the, the what do you call it station yeah, he because, was like Christian Slater. Yeah, he was dude. doing like out of his garage, you know? <laughs> How about for you, Mike? When was the first time you heard Slayer? I want to say it was actually very, very late, 2000 maybe. I think it was through Daryl as well. He was doing the, the mosh pit mm-hmm. here at Cake Hill. Right. And um, it was Raining Blood, and I would hear that. And also, he would also play a song race song too. 
Um, what song was that that he would play? Anyways, it had the double guitar. We recorded it one time. Um, Obscure, I think it was. Maybe, oh, yeah. Obscure. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of always, they had like the double guitar, you know. I was like, wasn't sure if I'm listening to Slayer or <laughs> what's this other band that's performing. So, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, about 2000. I enjoyed it. And then that following year, um, the God Hates Us All album came out. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, man, it was over. 9-11. <laughs> yeah. First time I, it actually like stuck out to me was uh was this four one one skate video because I used to skate all the time. There's this uh Who's your favorite skater? Man. Overall, Are we talking like Bones Brigade or like what? Uh, probably Rodney Mullen. Okay. So But it was uh Mark Johnson piece. It was he was doing like a spoof on like uh Forrest Gump. So he like sits next to this dude on his park bench and he's like blasting Slayer and he's like, What is that? He's like Slayer man. I think it was like Angel of Death or something, but like just watching that over and over that, that was like my first like real like stuck in your head yeah <laughs> and you're like what is this i gotta hear some more of it nice <laughs> how about for you josh do you remember i remember like finding some of my brother's cassette tapes they had you know like the pentagram with swords and all that stuff and honestly at the time i was into like guns and roses and you know so to me like the artwork was cool and i remember my mom just being like that's satanic that's devil you know this that or whatever so that was kind of cool to me but honestly at that point i wasn't really that into the music and it was just kind of whatever when i heard god hates us all that was the first time i really like heard something and it clicked and that record to me still more than any other slayer record god hates us all is my favorite you know that that made my impact and that made me a slayer fan it's mine too yeah yeah i mean their artwork and imagery has always been amazing you know i always like all of that stuff but the music the earlier stuff i grew to like it later i right. you know i was old enough to grow up with it but same thing with a lot of suicidal i didn't start appreciating suicidal till later in life and listening back i didn't really right. listen to it at the time when it was coming out but yeah so god hates us all for sure yeah, I think that album really kind of gave him a, a second career. A second win, a second career. Yeah, yeah, you know, because everyone was into the the Rain and Blood and all that stuff earlier on, and then it kind of went diabolique and kind of went away, yeah, and they yeah. kind of not got cool, and then bam, they came back with that album, floored everybody, yeah. Disciple and all of that. Like it was like, oh, th- this is my Slayer. I think, I think it was a big metal resurgence around that time too. You had the whole yeah. like, new wave of American heavy metal coming out. It was metalcore, metal. Yeah, Headbangers Ball was back on the air, right? You know, so it was like it was yeah, it was resurgence for sure. And I think that's even for me, like I. I I liked Slayer as I was younger, hearing the older stuff. But I think I kind of lost track of it from in there. I was I was into other stuff. Right. And then when that album came out, same thing. It was like we stood in line at the warehouse in Corona to meet them that night, and they just showed up like two in the morning. We were in line. <laughs> and I remember meeting Tom Ryan. I handed him a de- Songre demo, the first de- the first CD, Internal Bleeding, and he's all Songre. And I was like, and I looked around, there would be the crowd like, yeah, right, that's my band, bitch. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> he said my band name, yeah, you know. So I was like, it was like a cool moment. And the next morning we had the 9/11 thing, and I was like, ah, uh, yeah. Oh. That's and the system down album came out that same day too, right? The yeah. toxicity. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Crazy times. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was living in Mentone back when that happened. Living with Bobby Sato. That's the thing that people don't realize. Like we've all known each other for so long. Like people's like, Oh, who's the new guy? Who's the new guy? Oh, how long how long you know Josh for? I was like, dude, I've been playing shows with Josh since late 90s early 2000s you know and then started playing with mike he had his other band we played like the rock ranch in san Bernardino in early 2000 mid 2000s early what was your other band through with it 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 yeah yeah, yeah. We're, we're done now we're called finished yeah 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 <laughs> no i know i was just trying to think like back to the, like the hollow days yeah, like atrium yeah. and hollow yeah yeah, yeah. cutting way yeah <laughs> and sergio was playing on you know, death is eternal and then dire later on i remember dire yeah 
So we've all we've all been doing the paying our dues for a long time. So that's what's cool about this is seeing local guys from the IE making it going on tour doing Europe. Like I, I remember us back in the early two thousands, like sitting dreaming around about it, dreaming right? about going on tour like this, and now you're doing it. And that's what's so cool to see and doing it again and going on a full tour like in Europe. I just think it's not giving up. You know, like that perseverance. And man, all of us, all of us have our times where we look at each other and we're like, I don't know if I want to do. keep doing this. Yeah. You know, and like. And then we all come back around and, you know, we all support each other through that. But, I, you know, over a lifetime of dedication and sacrifice, paying for rehearsals and all this, it's like we do it because we love it. Yeah. And really, like, the second you're doing it to make money and it's all about the money, then stop. Right. The money will come if you do what you love and you're right. good enough and the passion shows through and it's music. And I think this record really, like, for us, you kind of see Sangre in it. You can hear it. You can feel it. It's not yeah. overly heavy. It's just a little bit of all of us. A little bit yeah. of screaming, a little bit of punky. A little bit of thrash. Yeah, because there was blast. a time we're going like, which direction do we go? We do we heavier play heavier? Do we play lighter? And I was like, let's, let's just keep writing the music. Let's keep writing. Let's see where it goes. Yeah. Let's keep writing. A little bit of everything. Yeah. I love it, man. I can't wait. Can't wait to hear the whole album. And best of luck out on the road. And we'll do a part two when the album comes out. And you guys have some crazy stories from the road. Hopefully in Europe, some oh, good nothing, stories. Nothing's that tell them gonna happen. <laughs> nothing's happen. We're just gonna nothing go drink. We're gonna drink tea in the UK and you know have some fish and chips and then maybe. I know you're not gonna do anything, but you got to film these guys doing it. <laughs> I know they're. It's up to Mike and Sergio. Yeah, <laughs> me and Henry will do the film. <laughs> it's up to Josh and Henry. Filmmaker and director. <laughs> Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now just hit the subscribe button. That way you get it sent to you directly. And follow me on social media at MikeZ967. Don't miss the radio show, bro. Wired in the Empire happens every Saturday night at midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks online at KCALFM.com. Adios, 